0: i was thinking about got this it. early yeah there we go
1: so it asked me if i got i had to say i got it in terms of the recording starting so oh I just, good
0: i'm, I'm glad thanks. i got it now thanks zoom appreciate it yeah <laughs> really fucking up the rhythm of this one <laughs> <laughs> uh the last time we talked though i was just thinking about this it was like a, a little bit over a year ago when i wanna say uh i have no concept of
1: time but that sounds about possible it seems about right it could have been way longer it could have been way less I don't know seems like it was at least a year from my perspective actually
0: yeah and then I've seen you twice in person which is nice right
1: well the one time for Pearl's show and uh and then you came down to maybe the paint show or which show did you come to otherwise that's right yeah the paint show
0: down there at the Wayfair yeah totally yeah so i mean we've we, we chatted michael we're we're just good friends now that's just that's just yeah how it we've, goes got, it. we've
1: gotten to know each other quite well
0: if we if i see you twice that's it i mean we're we're close pals
1: yeah but i mean that's a good policy to have i think that's a nice way everyone should live that way that's a inclusive and fun way to live your life
0: right at what point do you say you know somebody like how many times of like seeing them or spending like time with them or something like that like what is what is your because everybody has a number I don't know. I had, a, uh, I had a
1: conversation about this with, like, I was just on tour with, with the band Witch, and Nick, the drummer of Witch, was kind of instrumental in getting me linked into that crew, and we've done multiple tours together. I used to tour with Yaku Gardner, and he, I used to tour, and we, so we toured in that regard, and then now we've done two Witch tours together, and we've known each other for probably six years something like that but somebody on the road was trying to wrap their head around that band because there's people from all over the place and they were like talking to us after the show and they're like how do you like do you guys know each other well and stuff and I was like yeah we know each other pretty well and he's like I mean we don't know each other that well and I was kind of like well I mean we know each other we've known each other for like six years and he's like I don't know the name of your mom or anything like that and I was like that's true I guess there's different standards and different layers there we is. know each other very well as touring musicians we don't necessarily know each other like intimately like old, you know, old, very close friends or, or, uh, I mean, I have some old, very close friends that I can't remember their mom's name anyways, actually, to be honest. So I guess different people have different criteria. Nick, apparently you need to know his mom's name or he needs to know your mom's name. I'm um, more go off of, if I've known you or, uh, through a number of circumstances enough times that I feel like I, I got a read on you as a person, then I, then I'd say that we're, you know, friends friends i don't know it's hard to say there's various levels of friendship i suppose
0: no i know that whole mom thing seems like a security question like yeah
1: do you that know was Nick's mom's one. Name? i never thought of that but i thought it was a very succinct way to sum up the fact that, like we didn't know each other that well and i was like well we do yeah we know each other well enough to have played music together multiple times been to multiple parts of the world together partied together but we don't know each other's mom's name so it's different different things
0: that seems that's so close i feel like you'd be like way close if you're going to another country with somebody i mean
1: yeah we've been through i mean it's kind of funny that's the weird thing though about this lifestyle is that there's like you know there's a bunch of people that you get thrown into situations with that you luckily mostly like and everything, So, I'm, but which is great, but you just end up becoming in, in, put into like relatively intimate situations with people that you didn't necessarily choose consciously to be together with, but luckily you like them and then you all like go through a bunch of intense experience together and then you don't see each other for two years. And then it's like, are we good friends? Or are we like, it's just like really, what, what does that mean? What is that, What is that? what category do you put that in? It only really resides in the touring musician category.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a fine line. It's a fine line there yeah yeah this, this is interesting <laughs> stuff you got to get into michael we're not gonna talk about any music like who, who are you most close with that's the real question <laughs> I, I at this point in time with pearl with my girlfriend
1: certainly I, and good. also you know obviously my family close with them i guess that's not obvious some people aren't close with their family i'm close with my family although i never see them anymore just talk to them on the phone because they're all up in canada um and um you know and a, f- and a handful of friends from back in the various cities I've lived in. So there's a few people that I consider very close friends. I don't have a ton of extremely close friends, but also I don't know all of their mom's names. So this is the thing. I have a different criteria that I'm going off here.
0: It all pertains. It's all, it's all circumstantial though. Yes. I mean, everything's just
1: that everything's relative.
0: And uh, I mean, yeah, it, it must be really interesting, like being out there in the desert. I mean, it, it's, it seems like such a, a different... Vibe from from Canada to to there. Would you would you agree with that statement?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's different. I I mean it's cool because it's like really a real desert. I remember actually driving to the desert. I hope I haven't told. I hope I didn't tell you the story the last time I was. Well, on if you mess. did, I feel I don't like I might like turning into an old. I mean, you wouldn't remember. I wouldn't remember. No one else will remember. So I'll just tell it again. It's but, all fresh, uh, Or yeah. maybe I never told it. I don't know. Uh, anyways, but I remember driving to the desert as a kid up in like there's desert areas in Canada. I remember being like, we're in the desert. And then I was like looking out for like cactuses and like, ki- like, you know, they have coyotes probably. But, you know, I was looking for just the actual signs of a real cartoon style desert. And like this place has all of those. So it's very different than Canada in the sense that it looks exactly like what you would expect a desert to look like, which, uh, and uh, it's a different vibe. I mean, America is a different vibe than Canada in general, though.
0: Sure. Yeah, it's, uh, you mean, people always... Maybe maybe don't people don't but I do. I certainly do think that like Canada in America not that different. But it really there is some some very some very distinct. We're talking. I remember we talked about this. This is what this is something that I recalled about what maybe is Ontario that didn't have like uh one of the grades of of uh, of high school. Yeah, there's, there's different. Secondary ones.
1: school. I don't. There's different. I think it might even be different from province to province. Do You guys have twelve down here. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I had twelve in Alberta. Oh no! Oh, oh, oh I had no! Eleven I, of
0: them. But I'm sorry. There was twelve. There, there, was 12 a, there was an option. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. There was another one. There. That's. There that, was that's another one, one that I could have gotten. Yeah, that's that's what it was. It wasn't that Well, you in didn't Ontario, have one, I think actually... they might have thirteen or
1: something. I don't know though. I, would, I didn't go to school there. But um, yeah, it's different. I mean, Canada and America culturally, I think, at the heart of the people, it's not that different. You know, I think that like. The, I think that like everybody on the West coast all the way up past the border and all the way down and probably down in Mexico too, probably would have a relative amount of, I think like re, the, the regions are more based on the Rocky mountains. And if you go regionally, like the people probably have somewhat, a lot of similarities as people at the heart of them, but the economic and political differences really do have an effect on your life. It's interesting moving from a country to another country, just to sort of see how I think maybe before experiencing it firsthand, you'd expect that these man-made constructs shouldn't really have that much power. They're just made up. And then we all agree on them and then they exist, but they're not like, you know, it's not a natural force, but you really do see these man-made constructs do have a real effect on the psyche of the individuals living under them and the um, just the culture in general, you know, it's like, so there's a different different speed, different vibe in America compared to Canada. And sometimes, I mean, I think lots of people would automatically think for the worse. I in a lot of ways for the better, but there are the very highly publicized things about America that are less
0: than optimal. We're, we're, we're getting into it, Michael. We're getting deep <laughs> into this. Dude. What do you think about aliens, dude? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Well, <laughs> I'm uh, open-minded to the possibility and I, I asked Pearl this, I believe, as well. So this, I, I want to get your take on it. It's, and yeah, if, I'm definitely, and again, I'm if definitely if we, open-minded
1: to the possibility. I've never, oh, I mean,
0: hmm, I've seen actually some like sort of UFO
1: type things in my life, but mm. I've never 100% confirmed that whatever was I was witnessing was due to extraterrestrial beings. But um, I mean, you know, we live close to the Integratron, which is this thing that was built to try to contact aliens. So this whole area has like a sort of interesting... Vibe around it, and our house is actually decorated with a bunch of alien stuff by our landlord um, as a theme of being so close to the Integratron. And um, it's which, if you don't know about it, is like the sound bath place that was like this guy built to like contact the Venusian aliens, and then he died mysteriously, and then all of his work disappeared, and the place still exists, but he never finished it, so it doesn't act truly, as far as I know, contact the Eastern aliens as of this moment, but maybe it would have if he would have been able to complete the work. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I guess, I think that probably most sane people and a lot of like theoretical physicists and stuff like that would agree that it would be more shocking and more unnerving if there was no other sentient, intelligent life forms in the gal- in the universe besides ourselves. That would be a weirder, stranger, smaller percentage possibility so i would say that i probably think they exist but if they don't then that would also be interesting and maybe trippier than aliens existing so it, you know kind of get your own you, you get your mind blown one way or the other so I'm, op- I'm open to either possibility
0: yeah it makes me think of like how they define a friend or a close to, to somebody else you know like how how An how, alien, how, do they, how do they do it how do they perceive yeah. it
1: I mean, if they're traveling that? on space on like generational spaceships or anything like that, like I don't know. I don't know what their technology is set up. I don't know what level they're at yet. I think you society. know some shit.
0: I think you picked up whatever the guys work. I think that, that you've been delving into that, Michael. I think that's I what could done in your I meantime. could get into
1: it. I could see I could see that working. <laughs> maybe once I figure out how to have my studio set up the way I want it and make a couple records that I'm satisfied with, maybe I'll go over there and see if I can't dig into his life work mm-hmm. after I'm done with my life work and I'll try to figure out if I can contact some aliens be, have you heard the john lennon alien story no i haven't that's a really crazy story and this is like it's not in very highly publicized like the beatles don't really go into it in all of their constant pr releases like you know they're always releasing a movie every like two years to remind you that the beatles existed and update the narrative to work for the modern time
0: yeah i um, forgot about that honestly that now that you mention it yeah. <laughs> the beatles right the, the Beatles, um, and well. they
1: um the, but like the so this story is kind of like yeah, but it is around. And once you get into it, you can find out about it. It was like when John Lennon was with May Pang, I think is her name, went on his break from Yoko Ono. I think that coincided with the Lost Weekend era, um, and he uh, was at his apartment in New York, which I think is the same apartment that he eventually was shot in front of. It's also it it was like was it what did they use it to film? rosemary's baby or was rosemary's baby based on that apartment building it has a lot of crazy weird history around it stuff anyways on top of everything else um and him and may pang both like uh, up until john lennon's death and may pang as far as i know to this day i'm not sure if she's still alive but she up until relatively recently has given these interviews about how one day they weren't on any like psychedelic hallucinogenics they maybe were like had smoked some weed but they didn't generally weren't in the habit of seeing flying saucers when they got high on weed quite regularly. And they uh, went out, they just like went out onto the balcony and there was like a UFO hovering over them. And they both attest to it 100% to this day. I mean, no one else, wit- or maybe the- I can't remember if there was other witnesses in New York, which then raises the question of like, was it real? Or was it like some sort of like, you know, interdimensional thing where they on a certain wave, like, I don't know, but it's a interesting story and ties in with all of these things man that's wild and it's around he put it in his liner notes on one of the records he said (laughs) something like on the such and such date in new york city i saw a ufo and i can't remember what else he said he might have said something like and no one believes me or something i can't remember but it's it's out there this is all stuff you can find out about it's much more credible than the paul is dead stuff so i was gonna say people believe that
0: (laughs) sorry (laughs) yeah i said people believe that people believe that like that was that paul has been dead since whatever 62 or something like that i'm sorry there's a there's a bug flying around me right now. And oh I'm, no! Don't worry, about it, don't worry about it. I'm in my my buddy's apartment in Cameron. I do appreciate you letting me uh, use your place. I'm I'm down here in San Diego right now, and he, he was kind enough to let me tell me do this here. Do you true, say thanks, a, Cameron. Cameron, Cameron Arista. Thank Cameron, you. Cameron,
1: thanks for having us, man. Appreciate you facilitating. You're the you're us the best. In this.
0: Yes, he's 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 letting it live. Um, he's at work right now, but uh, I'm I'm, I'm at his station. It's nice though, you know, it's a, it's a nice, it's a different kind of place. I used to do them. I used to do them at other people's houses, which is like, that's, that's not really a, a different thing, but like now it's like, no one's here. It's kind of interesting, you know? It's cool. It's
1: nice. Nice yeah. to, nice to get into different zones.
0: Switching it up. That's why we're talking about this, this conspiracy stuff. Oh, Michael, are you still there? There you I are. I think so. Am I still there? I'm sorry, dude. I, yeah, I just, I, I just bored you for a minute. You had to, you had to leave. No, I get no, no. It. No, I it's think, fine. I
1: mean. I should be all good now. It seems like my phone was trying to tell me that I was low battery, which I thought it was plugged in, but I was plugged into the fake outlet we have that doesn't work, which is (laughs) we just keep to mess with people, but I fell into my own trap. Um, No, it's
0: smart. It's smart to to deceive the robbers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You need Mm -hmm. again if they decide, if a robber decides to charge his phone, he he might leave with a dead phone instead, and that would be terribly inconvenient for him.
0: And that's burn on him. That's our
1: own version of security.
0: Um do you feel secure out there in the in the desert
1: yeah yeah i mean it's almost too secure now really there's like a this play you know i think this is a constant conversation that's also hitting sort of the mainstream like i I see newspaper articles written by newspapers that are from far away about the joshua tree situation right now but it's you know there's only that short sweet spot in a place where all of the organized crime and like crack labs and like meth labs and, and like the brutal murders that happen around those things all gets pushed out of an area. And then there's this short period where it's really fun and cool and you feel pretty safe, but also it's not like overrun by rich people who are just building, you know, luxury yurts and stuff like that. And that there's a lot of luxury yurt building going on out here right now. So, I mean, I'm happy with our, little zone that we're in right now, but it is a, you know, the Joshua Tree vibe is, is definitely kind of up for debate what that's going to be moving forward. And there's a certain amount of possibility that it could be kind of like San Francisco and so many other places that have kind of pushed out all of the artistic, cool, weird people and turned into like luxury playgrounds for tech bros and stuff like that. So um, I might be too safe out here at this point in time. I might prefer to have a little bit of like methed out crime over top of the luxury <laughs> tech bros, but we'll,
0: some you know, some dirtiness. I, I'm, I'm bearing
1: with it and I'm letting it happen. And I'm curious to witness where it goes.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like your writing style has changed with the change of scenery
1: um, or the way yeah, that you go yeah, about I writing? Yeah. I mean, so
0: much changes
1: when you move and when I, and also when you just go through, uh, last couple of years that we've all gone through. I mean, we've all been through a pandemic. We've all seen a lot of things that we thought were sort of like a given or set in stone to some degree kind of show if they didn't completely crumble and fall they at least showed their potential for instability to us.
0: Yeah, it can, so, can happen fast. That's, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So we've So I mean, I think that like, you know, moving down here the scenery probably has influenced me I suppose i haven't really written any like desert songs or anything like that necessarily yet but if i did i could could feel like i could do it with a little bit more authenticity than i would have before but beyond the scenery i feel like you know just circumstances change since i've been down here i've been playing a lot more guitar for other people um both like with pearl and with paint and with witch and with other people too which wasn't really a big factor in my life in Canada, for whatever reason. Occasionally when I did sessions in Canada for other people, it was usually on bass. And I mostly was just working on my own project. Down here, I feel like there's such a hustle and bustle and vibrant scene of things happening that I keep getting asked to play guitar for people. I feel like that in some ways will affect my writing and it probably has already affect my writing and arranging because I've really had to dive into being a guitar player more seriously and more dedicatedly than I had for many years previously. Um, and I have a studio space here, which I'm like, it's probably the best studio space I've ever had. I'm kind of building it up more because I actually kind of feel relatively like secure here and I have more space to operate in the, in the house that I'm living in right now. So. I think that'll change my writing approach and my production approach um, and just everything. So, you know, there's so many different factors, but I think that a move like that and all of the circumstances in your life changing, the people you hang out with from day to day change, the people you, uh, you know, talk to uh, about music changes, the the tools that are available to you to make music change, the scenery changes, you know, and the the, the role you play in the community that you're in in this case is me as more of a guitar player a lot of the time changes so that can kind of like change everything about about the way you're making music really um, so i think it has probably changed me in ways that i probably don't even really fully understand or recognize
0: that's awesome that's, that that's good michael and i know you're a busy guy and i was gonna ask you but i feel like you're too busy to play on my album but it's fine you know, you got your own stuff going
1: on. So we could possibly work something out. <laughs> I, I do. I try to, you know, I, I like to play on people's shit. It's always fun to do it. I mean, I do tend to find that, especially post, uh, post-coronavirus, I mean, not that we're post-coronavirus, but in this period where we're opening up our lives again, I do find that I'm, barely able to finish all the things that i told people that i would finish but i you could be somebody that i told that i would play on the record that i could hopefully maybe eventually play on
0: i do not have a record but i'm i'm just i'm just glad I was, it was a joke but i'm glad that you're open to it michael because we're ready to get rolled figure out the record and then come talking come talk to me about it i'll tell you one thing it's gonna be about aliens that's for that's that's a starting point it's about aliens
1: great that sounds like a great thing my family used to tease me when i was a kid that they thought that i was abducted and returned a different child by aliens because I was I was little I had like blonde hair and and then I grew up and then got brown hair and then started to show you know the traits that I've now on or that are now on full display in my character of being a little bit of a weirdo and so they were like always teasing me that I wasn't their kid and that the aliens had given me back to them so alien theme record let's do it sounds great to me
0: it's interesting that you're not denying that that is a strong possibility Michael that's that's interesting that I am an alien I, I mean you're not opposing it I don't know that's definitely I, what I, am I,
1: I it always you know some people would like you know that would be the type of thing that some people would like talk to a therapist about for the rest of their life about like my parents always told me that I wasn't their kid <laughs> but I always thought it was a pretty cool idea and obviously it was said with a certain amount of love and and teasing so it was all good but I but you know I mean if it was true it seems fine to me and that seems okay
0: it's right you're cool with it yeah cool, I mean, I that, that
1: could be that could be a thing
0: <laughs> um do you do you view your uh your previous albums as separate from from the other it's like this was about this and this is about that and this is about the other thing
1: yeah somewhat I mean I think that it's something that you could get hung up on if you try to expect that from a record too much like you know in terms of like themes and stuff like that like You just, it kind of happens naturally that you just write songs and whatever comes to you, comes to you. You can't really be overly picky about what that is, especially not in the moment of writing it. When you start to have a certain amount of demos and or songwriting memos or whatever piled up and you're starting to get close to making a record, then going through it and kind of curating it will naturally, like curating the choices of what you're going to put on the record that's actually going to make it on the record will kind of like, somewhat consciously and somewhat unconsciously create a theme. I think you will naturally gravitate towards putting certain things together that have a certain something in common. Sometimes you don't even know what it is and then as you make the record, you realize that you're like, oh, this is like, this thing keeps coming up in these songs and as you go through the many steps of making the record a final piece of recording that people can buy, that tends to like be over that whole you know process. I tend to realize that there's certain themes and certain things that were on my mind. Some things are really obvious sometimes, like you're like, sometimes like this is a breakup record or whatever, or this is this, or this album's about this. But then even then there's more subtle things that you start to realize. So they kind of have their own thing, but it's not necessarily like my decision. I think that like, if I thought about it like that, that would be overwhelming and hard hard to like actually do. It'd be really tough to like plan out the record and make it all fit together in a certain way it just kind of fits together just because it's organically part of a certain time and a part of a certain like period of my life or whatever
0: a natural through line throughout the whole. yeah i mean yeah. your life has a
1: natural through line everybody's does so it's like that like and different different chapters have slightly different flavors although there'll be things that are in common from all the chapters you know so it's like doesn't necessarily it's not that hard to kind of create themes in records because they kind of just happen and misforms. even if you took something that was, like, uh, written at a different time, which I don't always do, but even if you did, it would probably be because it had something in common. So, it all, you know, it all kind of comes together into some sort of theme.
0: I like that, to the flavor, the flavor to a chapter, dude. Write that down. Yeah, that, that was dude, an interesting little mix-up
1: of, uh, of uh, metaphors. But, yeah, it's a flavor. No, I, no, I, it's no, like a I lick like... and
0: read. Ooh, hey, <laughs> you're writing our song, dude. All i right, right, hey, I'm, I'm glad that you're really on board with this. Yeah, that's an alien. That's a type of alien media. It's like a book with taste. I mean, of course
1: you would know. Yeah, if anybody <laughs> would know, Michael, it'd be you. I miss them. I miss those flavored pages
0: <laughs> of my Do homeland. You? <laughs> <laughs> Do you view your um those songs uh, that that you've written? I mean, like in years and years ago, in a different light now, looking back on them. Yeah,
1: I mean, I just try not to view them as often as possible. <laughs> 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 I, I'm, I try, I think I've really taken that on is the philosophy of not listening to your own stuff too often, you know, like really like occasionally flip through it if it's just that a moment arises spontaneously. Um, but I think that it's good as an artist to try not to like pay too much attention to your old stuff. I think it's better to be thinking about what you're gonna do next and I think that other people, hopefully, if you're lucky, will find more value in that stuff than than you will as the person who made it. I think that making it is like um, it just I don't know that kind of like takes it it kind of you kind of get everything out of it that you're gonna get out of it making it you mm-hmm. like you know that piece of work more than anyone could possibly know that piece of work and it drive and like it'll drive you crazy listening to it too much, but it's cool because you get to like know every element of this thing to the nth degree, but then that kind of takes away the magic of like putting it on and listening to it except for very occasional times where you hear something that you're like wow that was kind of cool I'm Kind i'm of happy with that but like you know it's so basically i view those things as as uh i just yeah i just try to view them as like something that's made by somebody else almost and i just try not to feel too uh inhibited by the, the fact that they exist
0: <laughs> you, you 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 tasted all the flavors of the chapter as you say while making it and that's that That, move on to the next. (laughs) That page is licked
1: out, you know? It's like the flavor's all gone from (laughs) it. There's nothing there for you
0: anymore. Are you usually introspective uh, mostly while writing songs or does it depend, it's just circumstantial? Uh, Yeah, mostly introspective. I mean, songs can be,
1: I used to write entirely alone all the time. Um, Most, I, I still do for my own project, like, I don't have a lot of co-writers on my own stuff, but I've started to co-write more for with other people for other things. But traditionally speaking, when I'm doing my own music, I tend to write by myself. And that is, I guess, just inherently introspective. And, but even within that solitary setting there's a range of things, you know, there's times where you're just like totally in a meditative state with like some stuff have, like playing some instrument and just getting totally vibed out and then the song like comes out of nowhere and i guess maybe that's the most introspective way that can possibly happen maybe not in, in its entirety or maybe in its entirety but you'll get a weird snippet of like you'll almost be singing something and be like what is this song even about and then you have to like figure out that you're like oh i think i get it but i didn't know why i was singing it at first um then there's other times where i'm like sitting down and being like i need a song that's got like, maybe I could write a song about this. And it's like more cerebral and more like, just like.
0: Um, Honed in on on a certain thing. It's yeah, it's just... like, maybe I could
1: write a song about this. And you're almost like, sometimes you're almost writing like a, like you're like writing for a musical or something. You're like, what if like, this is what was happening or either it's about what's happening in your life or it could even be about a slightly, a relatively imagined situation. And then you're just writing about it. That's very like, you know, logical. Uh, although there is some amount of like, magic and creativity involved in it. There's a, also a little bit more, just kind of like you're being a songsmith. You're doing the craft of songwriting. So, but yeah, all of it's relatively introspective, but, and I guess there's a certain amount of introspection even in co-writing with people where you're both kind of going into the zone and trying to find something. And then you're talking about it and kind of trying to get deeper into figuring out how the song works. So I think, yeah, mostly songwriting probably has to be somewhat introspective. Mm-hmm. by its nature i think
0: right mirroring something
1: mirroring yeah something from inside you sort of i yes. guess like something like that yeah
0: a mirror inside you sure
1: something like that
0: i don't know that's like that that's a pearl line right there do you know, give that that give does, that does sound like, like yeah
1: that could be the next the next pearl album title she had magic mirror we're not doing magic mirror anymore. Mirror inside you
0: that's it it's done it was, it was it was it's good but we're moving on right yeah we got it but just just the line out there, if you're, if if you're keen.
1: <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah, we can do yeah, it. yeah. That's great. I'm into it. Yeah, mm.
0: I do need co-writing credits on that, though. I do, I do, I do need that. I will take it to court over that. But, but uh, our
1: people will talk to your people. It's it's that.
0: litigation, and that's just what it is. That's yeah, just yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not
1: going to all of it. We always have to have many lawyers involved. Nothing can be done without a lawyer.
0: No, 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 no. <laughs> you know that? It's music, man. It's music. <laughs> it's the business is making music. That's art. As, yeah, it has to be with lawyers. It, it, everything's really formal. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. while Super you're structured, too. you should have people there making sure that you don't infringe on anyone's copyright.
0: Yeah, you you can't even use help in a song anymore. I'm trying to make that bill passed. Right. Yeah, because of the song help. Yeah, because actually, I and I I kind of forgot about it until until you just mentioned the Beatles. The Beatles. Yeah, right, right now yeah, I forgot about them too. Yeah, and then I, mean, I saw that they had a new movie out, and I remember it. Like, oh yeah john lennon difficult. saw my, john lennon saw my family once dude yeah yeah, I know. yeah right
1: that that was my people
0: they're yeah. telling them
1: he's yeah. tell, they're telling him about me this is a real mess, messiah complex uh starting right
0: there yeah there it is <laughs> and that's when michael started his own religion
1: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> aliens was... came to john lennon and told him that i was going to be born in like 20 years <laughs> now i'm here so I think this probably means we should move to a commune and I get to do whatever I want to do. And the rest of you are my subjects.
0: And you're in the desert anyway. So, you know, the stage is set. We're already here. i we're in
1: California too. So I mean, like this is the home of that type of thing. I've come to the right place.
0: Yeah. You're, you're right where you need to be at the moment. <laughs> when did you start writing this new album?
1: Oh, I think it was the end of 2018. Right. When we stopped touring the last album. I mean, some things have been written before that, but that was when I started to like really take stock of what I had in the vault and what I had like in the hard drive and uh, and what I had in the, and like what where I wanted to go with it. So that was the very beginning of it. And that kind of was written over the course of that winter into 2019. And then um, I started to come down here and hang out with Pearl. And I kind of made made the move down here and then I, I went back to Edmonton a handful of times to write in, at my mom's house, mostly when Pearl would be on tour, um, so I would go back and write, and that was yeah. I think that was basically when it was written, sometime between like the end of 2018 and by the end of 2019, like November 2019, I was re- starting to record it in New York. So over, and I think it must have been a little bit before that that I finalized my 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 songs and my my choices for the record for the most part. So yeah like a six or seven or eight month period where I really wrapped it up and and, and
0: figured it out awesome man and then you I, I mean you you said that you recorded some some stuff in New York but also in your home studio right
1: yeah it was recorded uh between a lot of places actually so it started out at Daptone and it was basically just being recorded the same way as the previous record um we recorded at the Rhythm Section Adaptone. I did maybe one more trip out there to do the first round of overdubs and vocals. And I had a lot of stuff planned in terms of like backup vocal parts and things were arranged, maybe even more than the last record before like on the demos. So I was like basically able just to go through and get it together. And then in March of 2020, we were doing our first round of recording in Riverside, which is the California, mm. in Riverside, Gabe has his California studio.
0: Very nice. Gabe Roth
1: one of the founders of dapton records and so shout we were out to gabe.
0: gabe yeah man yeah
1: shout out to gabe so we're doing some work i'll there. say it for
0: you michael i'll say it for you yeah shout out to <laughs> gabe thank you thank you thank you yeah
1: um you got me uh, i got fucking so i was we're there we're recording i was making this thing and then fucking COVID happened and we were basically put on hold indefinitely we had thought we were going to mix the record probably in like april of 2020 um and I think we thought we were pretty close to being done the record. Uh, Little did we know that wasn't what was in store for us. And ultimately, the everything got on hold. We had a couple months like dormant, waiting, figuring out what was going to go on, what was you know what the next steps were going to be. Ultimately, I ended up getting given the like the record to work on independently, and I did some tracking at in Pearl's bedroom at the time. We didn't even have this house or anything really, so it was very bare minimum setup of me like when no one was at the house like setting up an amp and a mic and recording in a very like, like with everything like strewn around the room. Um, and then I um, eventually went to Mac DeMarco's studio. Cause me and him know each other from like way back.
0: Mac, um, the, Mac the what? Mac, huh? <laughs> Mac DeMarco. Ma- hmm. Yeah. You heard him? New, yeah, new guy? A, new guy? Upcoming.
1: He's a, yeah, yeah. He's got a bright future ahead of him.
0: Well, um, I wish him well. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> he, uh, it's so like he, like, we know each other from Edmonton way back in the day. Our families are all old family friends and stuff like that. We played music together when we were teenagers.
0: Uh, oh, we, we definitely talked really about active... this, but we're going back. We're Yes, I remember. We talked. pox, right? Right, right chicken yeah, he gave me Chickenpox, <laughs> too. I wasn't
1: even going to get into the chicken pox, but that's true. Dude, I'm going to get into five. The,
0: the, the conspiracy and... theories now, dude. <laughs> Who gave it to him? I don't know. I don't know. Where did it stem from?
1: where'd he get it from i don't know maybe aliens i'm not sure but the um
0: again that that lines up pretty clearly anyway it seems so like
1: there's no <laughs> this is like an ancient <laughs> aliens when they have that one expert on. who's like get this aliens it was because of aliens and then you're it's like it's
0: probable <laughs>
1: yeah he's is like he you know it's, there's not really many other explanations to do with the um, the,
0: the, the hair the that guy the right? guy with the, the
1: crazy hair yeah. and the eyes um that dude he's always wearing a brown suit i feel
0: like brown suit yeah like, dark, he always looks like he's blue. trying
1: to look official he's dressed to like to impress but he doesn't really know no like how to do that he's mostly just spends most of his time like
0: ripping bongs and talking <laughs> about aliens um let me tell you this dude hear me <laughs> out it's like all right yeah i guess bring it to science yeah, it, channel history. Is.
1: yes it's the <laughs> science it's the science of history channel um we were yeah
0: Anyways, Anyways, back to Matt, Marco. I <laughs> we went
1: over to Mac's studio. We made some music. First time since we were teenagers that we kind of actively were able to like work on something together a little bit. Um, mostly we were kind of thinking about trying to mix it there. That also that plan didn't really come about. We mostly just kind of messed with it and like brought things up in his studio and and tried and tried to mix it a little bit. But we overdubbed some stuff that made the record. So Mac played a little bit on the record at the end of the day and some stuff that I we just kind of collaborated on some ideas on it, like little things. And then after that, it went to Pearl's, like uh, the, the, this producer Louis Pesikov's studio who has produced Pearl uh, and on her most recent record, The Magic Mirror and everything since then as well. So I went, went to work with him and we did a bunch of stuff to it. And then eventually it got shipped off to James Valentine, who's a mixer in Austin, Texas. To work on it at the studio that uh, the band White Denim owns, so it was mixed over there, and um, or James or um, yeah James Petrolli from White Denim owns it. Um, so that was a that was the way that it ended up going. So it ended up taking like another year and a half or something of kind of reimagining the records, uh, reimagining the entire record after the time that we kind of thought we were done. Um, so that was kind of the blessing and the curse of, of COVID uh, as it pertained to that, to this album, but that was how it kind of came to be.
0: Is it, is it nice to have new people involved, uh, it's, like fresh blood within, within your project, the Michael Roll project? Yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah, it's nice. It's great. Whether it think be that in like been...
0: musicians or, or like just, you know, producing or mixing or mastering, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to have that. I think so. I mean, I think it's cool to have long standing relationships with collaborators as well. But, you know, very few of those, like, and when you think about just the history of music, very few collaborations last forever. Most of the time they last for very, you know, we have certain records. that was like, these two people made these records for like a year and a half, and then they did not make records together. And those records are really cool. Uh, uh yeah that's just kind of the way it goes it's a very rare occurrence where you have like the rolling stones something like that where they stay together for 75 years or whatever and Longevity. and even then they still have a, they still work with different producers and have different people coming and going and different session players to try to keep it somewhat interesting for them so yeah i think you got to change it up and i guess like ultimately i changed as i said before i changed up everybody in terms of who surrounds me and the project right now by moving down here so it's a real fresh period of time And on top of that, it's also um, there's a lot of just there's also a lot more people down here and a lot like a lot more musicians and a lot more music stuff happening. So there's more ability to keep a a fresh rotation of people because there's just tons of people (laughs) and tons of musicians. So it's a it's a good place for that type of thing. But, yeah, I do think that's important.
0: Keeping the revolving door open. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: it's good to keep it open, you know, it should be have a somewhat open door in life in general, not too obviously you don't want to be too open, you don't want to like yeah. lose your sense of, uh, oh, what's the word, I don't know, just your sense of independence, I guess, and your sense of, uh, you know, some amount of isolation is good, but I think it's good to not to like keep an open door to new influences and new people just in general, because otherwise things just get stale, you know, the water's got to flow, otherwise it's, you know, gets stagnant.
0: Very true. Can't taste the flavor of the chapter as well. It's, these are no, things. true. Exactly.
1: Yeah. You got to let that thing refresh.
0: Yeah. And uh, the the title of it is it's just self titled, right? Self titled record. Yeah. When when did you when did you come? Like, all right, this is it's going to be just Michael Rawl. Extremely last minute decision. There was uh,
1: different titles along the way. Um, the final. It was kind of like there was a title. And there was reasons that between me and the label, we weren't fully happy with the title um, back and forth. And I honestly didn't really care too much what the record was called, but I'd had my initial ideas. And by the time we were pitching ideas back and forth, we kind of got to a place where we were like, I don't know if the title that we're working with is like going to make sense or going to work for various reasons. So then we started pitching around ideas and ultimately at the very end of it, we were kind of pitching out ideas i think everybody kind of unanimously was just like should just be self-titled i've never made a self-titled record the record seems like it sort of seems like somewhat of like uh kind of equally at the beginning of a new chapter and the end of a previous chapter so it seemed like a good time to to just go the self-titled route and allow it just to be just my name i've literally never done that before or thought of it before which is weird most times people think about it early on in their career Oh, or in there? Yeah, still.
0: it's it's an interesting approach. I like because like uh, this is like fourth, fourth, or fifth album, if I'm not mistaken. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I don't even know where it's a complicated
0: number thing That's, to know where uh, to
1: start counting. It's yeah. like my first record that I ever put out was put out like officially put out was only put out in Canada. So if you count that one, which I do, no one really, hardly anyone knows down here. And then
0: there is was it. One is that the one that, with you that you're like a crisscross and it's a black and white picture of you it's one that's like um it's one that's like I'm like
1: wearing shades on the cover similar to it's actually kind of weirdly similar in album cover to this album cover but like different in a bunch of crucial ways I didn't think about that until later and like nobody will know that record so it'll be it'll be lost on most people but it is strangely like a weird similar album cover to my very first album cover that only came out in Canada then Until was, now, now everybody
0: knows, Michael. Way to blow it, dude.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, I, it'd be cool. I mean, if people want to track down their record, go for it. I don't think it's like, it's not as good as what I'm doing now, but you're welcome to go listen to it. But the,
0: um, and you should, had, and you should go listen to whole discography. There's a whole bunch of songs to listen to. I mean, there might be some good stuff in there if you
1: want, if you feel, if you feel the need to dive into it. But the, so that one, then there was Living Daylight, which was on Burger, which is my first. Uh, it was it was on burger it's actually not really anywhere anymore but the uh, that was my very first um, American release and then there was the first Daftone record and then so this is my fourth if you go by my actual full lengths that were released through record companies at the time that's basically where I'm at and then there's a bunch of stuff before that, that, and in between occasional, like there's like, you know, there's a bunch of EPs and singles and stuff that like, I don't really know how much they actually count. So, you know, that's hard to say, but Elizabeth for the fourth full length album that I've actually seen to completion in my life. So.
0: You could have just said I was correct. I said four or five. were right. Right. I just didn't okay, remember. Thank you. Yeah. Four
1: or five similar. Yes, exactly. Did Very I?
0: similar. No, um, no, man. The, The singles. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. neither love nor money.
1: Thanks. I'm glad you like it, man.
0: I I do. I wouldn't be saying it if I didn't, but also I do appreciate the check. Thank you so much for (laughs) endorsing it. When did you decide that that was going to be one of the singles of the album? Um, I feel
1: like I liked that one a lot from the moment that I wrote it. I wrote it sometime in that period of late 2018, early 2019 in Montreal. Um, And I remember when I first wrote the demo, just being really excited about it. And it kind of was the beginning of uh, writing in earnest for the record, I guess. It was like, I'd done a little bit of work and then I kind of took a like enforced break because I felt very exhausted from touring and very exhausted from trying to jump right back into making another record so that I could go on tour again. It was like, you know, my workaholic side was like kind of driving me into the ground. Um, And so I had to like, I stopped working for a while and then I like suddenly had the inspiration to work, but like no idea of what I was going to make. And I actually basically made up the bass line with nothing else first. And as I made it up, I like, and I made the notes in the course, particularly the bass notes in the course, like particularly dissonant. And I thought it sounded really cool, but I was also like, how am I going to tie this together? And then I figured out keyboard parts that like, soften the, the weirdness of it um it's chunky but it.
0: it's it, but it's it's it has it has like a leanness to it as well if if you concur with that that's i mean it's like it's it was very blatant like the first time i, listened to it, I was like oh whoa like that really jumped out at me for sure yeah it's interesting yeah. That you started i mean with the ultimately
1: it's like i think it's funny because i didn't go about it trying to do this but what i ended up doing i think is somewhat similar to like stuff that like stevie wonder does some st- sometimes i think it kind of comes out of like gospel music it's like a lot of passing bass notes and notes that are out of the scale and then they land into things. But I kind of did it in this weird way where I just wrote a bass lines that I thought felt cool, but it was very strange. I didn't know how it was going to work. So ultimately by the time I finished putting the keys down on it and then I kind of made up a melody and I wasn't sure what the song was going to be about. And then I like went outside and had a cigarette on my porch. And then the, the saying like, you know, for love nor money or whatever, or neither love nor money or whatever came into my head. And I was like, that's the song. And then I like wrote the lyrics really fast and I put it down. And from that point on, I was like really stoked on the song. That was one song that pretty much from the whole, you know, sometimes things come later on that you're like, wait, maybe this song is a song. And sometimes things are immediate and then you decide you don't like it later. But this this one was one thing that I felt like through the whole process of the record, I was like, that's probably gonna be the first single, probably. So it was cool to cool to be able to see it all the way through and basically you know mostly capture what I think I was working on at the in the initial demo with the final version so that's always a nice feeling
0: that's a super interesting way of going about that like even just like beginning it like all right let me try this weird baseline let me put some keys over it and then everything just fell in like if it's, it, was, yeah. it seemed like you had, you had a thing You're like, all right, let me just see if I can immerse myself Within this idea that I have That's Yeah, awesome. no, totally,
1: it was definitely like I was like tricking myself into writing a song When I was reluctant about having to write new songs At that moment um, It's definitely like It was something that could have worked out Not at all, or it could have worked out great and luckily it worked out well i had no idea because i had no idea what i was writing about i didn't have an idea i just had the sudden impetus to actually try to write something again and luckily that led to something that was uh pretty satisfying for me at least so that was you know that's all i can ask for really
0: it's tasty dude
1: it's tasty thank you
0: yeah super cool man yeah that's uh I, i think it's a strong one to to lead off the new album with for sure
1: Well, yeah, I'm glad you think so. I think I felt, you know, I talked to a few people that I know when I was planning out the actual singles and stuff like that. uh, And a few people that I trust about this kind of stuff. And it was generally the consensus that it was cool to lead with that one because it's quite different than the last record. So it's kind of nice to like open it up with something that's seems, you know, refreshingly different. There's, I mean, I think this record's very different than the last record in general, but there's moments that will be slightly more familiar to the production leanings of the previous album and then there's moments like this that lead into a kind of a different area of similar influences but you know a slightly different area I definitely didn't have anything that was kind of leaning into like slightly more disco dancey funky stuff on the last record I mean there's some funkiness on the last record but it's more rock. It's
0: hinting hinting at it and not like here it is which is I mean that's such a such an interesting like take on it especially just be like all right I'm doing something way like not way different like I've been hinting towards it but like here it is this is not like the last album at all and I mean did you did you feel did you feel that like all right this is like way different than what I was previously doing or were you like ah like it's it's within my realm that I'm comfortable with but I'm kind of getting outside of it a little bit yeah I mean
1: I guess like with this record, I think I found a new area of inspiration in certain ways that I I think when I was first trying to, when I was just off of like, you know, years of working on the previous record and then a year of touring it, I think I was like a little bit, I think maybe for a while I was kind of going back to the same ideas and it was just not really bringing me much excitement. It's kind of getting to the point where it's like, really are you gonna, you know, the part of my consciousness was like watching me do it and being like, are you really gonna make me live another five years of doing the same thing that you just made me do for the last five years? Like, is that really what we're what our plan is now? Um you know, there was like certain things and there are some moments of my guitar monies like guitar harmonies and stuff that is like oh I was I was right with you.
0: You didn't have to explain that. I was I I was like, yep, I know exactly what he means by that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: there's moments of my guitar harmonies on this record still and stuff like that. And it's something that I do a lot on a lot of projects that I work on. And that'll probably always be something that I do to some degree sometimes. But on the last record, for whatever reason, the phase that I was in, it was literally like every time there was a space on the record, like there was just like, something should go here. I was just like, guitar harmony. And I was like, oh wait, what should we put here? I was like, guitar harmony. And it was just like always the perfect answer to everything. And every time you do it, you just be like, yes, that's exactly what should go there. This is fucking rad. And then with this record, (laughs) I think like one of the first, one of the early things I demoed, it wasn't either Love or Money, but one of the other ones in that same period of time that I was demoing, I remember there was a break and I was like all right like guitar harmony part and I like went in and started doing it and I was like oh, this is not this just doesn't work and so I was like you know it's just a weird moment of being like okay well what am I gonna do what do you, well, what else can I do to try to fill this out without like I was like maybe big wall of harmony stuff and I was like no that's also not really but it was like all the all the regular tricks that had been working for the last record I was like really is not the answer right now so then it was like developing a whole new area of you know just different tricks and different ideas of things that kind of were interesting to me instead of feeling like I was just like you know rehashing the same things over and over again so um you know ultimately it is a very different record because of all that but at the same time It's also a record that was made by the same person, uh, you know, with some, with a bunch of different cast of characters, some the same as the last time, some different, but um, mostly it's, uh, you know, the main vision and direction of it is largely coming out of the same person's brain who started making it very shortly after the whole process of the last album cycle. So it, it has to have some, some similarities. There's definitely some things that are the same, but there's just some things that are different. And, you know, for me, that's necessary. Otherwise I would just have to. I don't know if I could drag myself through another record that sounded like the last record. That would just be, um, uh, inhumane torture. I, I think.
0: That's good though. The, the new, the always, always towards the new, which is awesome, man. And it's not, it seems like you're not like, all right, no, now everything, everything that you knew is done. I'm on the, this path. You're not doing that, which is fantastic. It's not like I come. I completely, just done with all my old sound this is this is what it is now it's i mean at least it's not like that which is fantastic yeah yeah
1: it's not like a it's not a conscious thing it's not like me being like i'm completely changing everything now it's just like just to stay you're just trying to keep it authentic you just want to feel what you're doing so then a a certain amount of change is necessary but i think a certain amount of similarity is also necessary because ultimately you can't really change everything that's going on (laughs) if you're still allowed to be involved in it it's going to still somewhat be similar so and i still have a lot of the same taste it's like not like i'm like it's not like i completely now hate all the records that i was really influenced by on the last record um but i might not be listening to them quite as much and there's other things that have bled in to the listening rotation that have like slowly seeped in that then by the time you're a few years have passed and you have a new record you're like probably i'm probably listening to like a vastly different selection of music now even with some of the favorites still sprinkled in and i'm thinking about vastly different things but it's just all you know very gradual over the course of years that it all happens. so it's all connected but it's it just kind of changes
0: awesome is uh is is there gonna be another single before the the album's release in its entire yeah there's gonna be two more Ooh a thrice dude a thrice release nice
1: yeah man. three singles and then the record's gonna drop quite shortly thereafter the third single
0: awesome that's gonna be awesome dude did i say awesome yet i mean i I, I i meant to say awesome <laughs> i think i think you might have said awesome that's okay. great
1: though i'm glad you think it's awesome i'm excited about it too actually I, I didn't
0: want to hear great that time michael oh, you know what i wanted to hear it's awesome, spectacular. No, no, that's not what I want to hear. It's awesome.
1: I, I think it's awesome <laughs> that it is finally coming out, and I think it's awesome that you like it. And uh, I've gotten a lot of positive response for it so far, which is just really, uh, really you know affirming and a nice experience. It's nice to finally have it out. It sat on the shelf for a long time, even after its extended period of being made. So
0: yeah, time to, finally... to simmer, and then now it's out.
1: Yeah, exactly. It simmered. It simmered in many different ways, and. The fact that it's out and thus far people are seeing, you know, what I hoped they would see in it was like a fun and cool progression of things, then, you know, that's a really nice feeling. But it kind of is a bit of a load off my brain a little bit just to kind of be like, it makes me feel a little bit more free to move on to other things and keep moving forward in my life because there isn't this thing that's just like such a huge part of my life and last few years just like hanging there being on the like,
0: back burner yeah just yeah it's it's just there. there and
1: you're just like when is that gonna like what's gonna happen when that comes out you just like it's a constantly part of your sort of like day-to-day thought process for like a long time so it's cool that it you know when it finally comes out and thus far people seem to think it's cool that's a nice it's a nice feeling
0: yeah and now you can just like start stressing about the next one which is good you know totally, Re- totally. redirect that I mean, onto another album
1: i think that i might be getting slightly better not stressing out about it all the time i, I think like I think as it gets a little bit more, have a few more under my belt, you start to like, you still have the same stressful situations, but it's like not the first time you've had that. So you're kind of like, all right, I'm about to lose my mind because this thing is driving me crazy now. And I feel like I should quit music and smash all of my gear and set the house on fire. But I'm not gonna do that this time because <laughs> I feel like last time I felt like that, I it worked out somehow to some degree. It always works out, always less, you know, it always works out somewhere between the best case scenario and the worst case scenario. I haven't encountered both either yet. So you can generally bear with it and, and get through it some way or another.
0: That's great, man. Um yeah, that album's that album's really gonna be cool. Uh thanks, man. Appreciate well, it. We we touched on this before. You 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 you, you, you kind of touch on it, but uh the tour with witch, the recent one. I mean, it's very recent. How did that how did that go?
1: Oh, it was great. It was really fun. With your I best mean, friend,
0: Nick. As we all know, with my
1: with my best friend Nick, whose mom is named, um, I
0: we uh, are <laughs> we it. We'll leave it. I it's mean, fine. I we know that you know, but I I don't think because if you put it out there, then Nick's gonna be like, "How do okay?" Obviously, you know my mom, so we. I also don't mad. know.
1: I didn't follow up. I didn't even follow up. That also shows to a certain element of my character that he said, "I don't know your mom's name. You don't know my mom's name." And I didn't ask what his mom's name was. I was like, "Good point." <laughs> and that's the end of the conversation.
0: You should have just left it. It's like. Oh yeah. Like I like just perceived it to me like, yes. And then I learned his mom's name and I've known it since that's what you should have projected to me, but you did it. And you're an honest man, Michael. Yeah, I it was basically that. just like, yeah, that's
1: interesting. That's an interesting idea. And then I, you know, went on and did something else and didn't think about it again until now. It's also, is <laughs> not something I talk about all the time. It came to mind this today because we're talking about this. So, but um,
0: I'm glad. It's it, again, that's it's. I, and I said this before a, a lot, like recently, it's all about just like bringing up old memories. Like, oh, yeah, that happened. I love that. Yeah, when that happens that's on great. here. It's
1: great. It's a nice way to converse. It's fun to have just the free flowing, uh, you know, free form
0: stream of consciousness um I just want people to know they, it is not free form at all it's very stressful I expect a lot from my guests and I mean I, you know the vetting process is just rigorous I mean it's, don't try it's, this at home you can't no, do it don't start no, a podcast you'll no, fail no 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 I mean I'm still I'm still just <laughs> I'm, I'm drowning here right now but you know <laughs> no, you're doing a great at job least, I the mean, other people sunny. I just want the
1: people at home to know not to try to do this it's a ter- you know
0: no Even it's bad suck at it
1: so don't do it it's
0: bad don't yeah i mean you can, you can never live out to me i mean look at me <laughs> <laughs> i'm, I'm having You're michael, doing a great job done.
1: people at home should do it make a podcast definitely um, definitely
0: do it and that, I mean I, that. that's that's a legitimate thing it's very fun yes but anyways michael <laughs> go ahead Which tour your best friend nick we were, we i'm just busy
1: t- like talking about how i don't care about what nick's mom's name is and that people shouldn't make podcasts because they don't have any talent um, <laughs> and that was the whole tour
0: and then I and I got home and it was it was fun and,
1: and the tour was great I'm just kidding everyone everyone's great I encourage everyone to follow their hearts I'm genuinely curious what Nick's mom's name is now and the tour was very fun I mean which is just you know a legendary band and it's the second time I've toured with them with one one-off right before COVID as well but so I've done a few sort of little uh, one very small trip with them, and two longer trips around the states with them. This is the first one I'd done with them since COVID, so I hadn't seen any of them in a really long time. Um, it was quite, a, quite a, you know, a trip to see them. Uh, and then it was cool too, because like the last, um, the last tour was really good. Uh, like you know, people really like that band, and people come out and they're excited and really grateful for us to play, which is really fun to play in a you know playing in like a legacy band that has a following already is a cool thing to do. Like people, are, people right. are
0: stoked to see still, even without the original members, which is like such a weird niche that people aren't like, ah, oh, fuck this. It's not the, it's, it's, like, no, it's all, it's all good. It's just like, it's, I mean, there's two, there's one
1: original and one actual from original era, but not like original, original Semi, African yeah. members. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bunch of Europeans. And then there's one Canadian uh, in me. Sometimes when I'm with them, that's the that's the breakdown, and that's um and I think you know I think people are open to it because uh, without this isn't me really taking credit for this like this credit should mainly go towards Yako Gardner and towards Nick and towards Geo the manager all the people who started this whole incarnation of Witch up with with Jaggery the original singer and with Patrick um, the disco era lead singer and and band leader. Um, but so i I, i'm not blowing my own horn when i say that they like they do it really well that's like ultimately that's why it works is because it's like a bunch of um it's the original spirit is provided by having jaggery and patrick available and part of it and really still operating in you know still like functioning and playing at a really high level they're really like good at what they do and um they're still able to do it at a very high level with tons of energy. I mean, Jaggery goes off every show, just goes crazy. And as more more energy as a 70-year-old right now than I do as a, uh, whatever, however old I am, like on this tour, you know, (laughs) uh, and like, it's like, he's doing that. And then on top of that, then you have a bunch of young musicians who are all, you know, have all figured out how to have their own bands and do like a good job of like, touring and and able to present a certain style of music well. And so the combination of that I think really wins over the skeptics pretty quickly thus far in my experience. Cause you know, I definitely had some people tell me when I first told them I was going to go on tour with Witch. They're like, who's in the band? Like is it any, is there anybody from Witch that's in Witch? And you're like, yeah, there's like two people. But um It it works out well, I think. I mean, I think the shows are fun. Like, I think I wouldn't be very satisfied touring with that band if it was just kind of a thing where you're like, well, the records are great. The performance that we're doing isn't really that good. But, you know, if you just come and kind of like squint in a certain way and like tilt your head to a certain angle, you might kind of like it a little bit. But it's actually like a fun band to play in. And there's like a real genuine um, live performance happening of that material with a bunch of the original people that's like, I, I think it is a, like a worthwhile show to see. So, and um, the first tour was really good already, like before COVID. And then this tour was a lot bigger. Uh, the rooms were a lot bigger, a lot more people. So, I guess over the last two years, the already formidable legend of which has grown even more and more people know about it. So, it was, uh, which I wasn't even really expecting. I thought, like, if it was like the last tour, that'll be great and sounds good. But then it was even bigger and better. So, that was kind of a, surprise and uh, a pleasant one so uh, yeah i mean touring with which is definitely a pleasure whenever i can do it i'm always game to go on tour with those guys
0: you're telling me you need an alien in your band to really make it explode you said the last two years and that seems right about the time that you joined, michael i don't know dude (laughs) <laughs> that might have helped. That might have
1: helped. Them. I'm just saying, know. dude. I mean, I think I have very little to do with it, but it is really fun to play with them. It's great.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I've I've seen the uh, the videos, just like little snippets, and just like the you can like feel that there's an energy there. Like just uh, just viewing I, the it. The thing from is a, too is the crowd the really brings party. a lot
1: of energy, especially like in certain places like they've gotten on a lot of uh, skate videos and a lot of like surf videos and stuff over the last, it's been, I think like a decade or maybe a bit more since they were reissued yeah, like worldwide uh, after just being put out uh, like in- A local in press. In really. Yeah. really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been like, you know, it's been growing for like 10 years or more that people have been finding these records since it's been reissued. Um, but it's in that time, it's really caught on with skaters and with surfers which then has like a real like youthful element to the crowd and more so than any, like most bands I play in. It's like, we were like, kids are like crowd surfing. They're going nuts. They're like came like ready to party. They're like, and they're like, have a certain like rambunctious rowdy spirit that goes along with the, you know the culture of skating and stuff like that which I've am never been a part of but I've always admired and like thought was cool.
0: Admired I, I, from I, afar, sure. Yeah,
1: exactly. And like everybody thinks skateboarding is cool. It's like the coolest thing to do. Um, I don't do it, but it's cool, uh, it, like inarguably, and so it's really fun to play for people. I mean, it's crazy. You go up on uh, the first show we played was like around San Diego, like uh, Sonoma Beach or something like that. I think, and we were like, that was that was the craziest crowd maybe I've ever played to. Like sold out show, and people were just going nuts, and they were like wasted, and just like <laughs> reaching up to grab us and crowd surfing, and someone threw a bra on stage, a jaggery, like it was just a like, complete gong show, and we were just like. And it's just like, that's like, that is, it's not hard to get uh, the energy up when you just like step out on stage for the first show. And that's what's going on. Like, it's like, you don't have to bring the energy. You just have to go up there and play and everyone is going to go completely nuts. And so that, you know, that's like, that's a fun thing. It's cool. A cool thing that I'm grateful I was able to experience with that band.
0: Yeah. Uh, it seems like a very, very special thing to be a part of. And that's awesome. That's really, really cool. And uh, sometimes publishing I saw was kind of was, was speaking around some some different uh, uh shows and whatnot on this last tour which is uh, that'll be interesting yeah yeah yeah, yeah
1: we really like those guys I met those guys through which on the first tour that I did with them when we were in Philly and we've all stayed in touch and they ended up coming down and doing some like photo shoots and stuff at the studio when I was recording Tone all those all those years back when I was starting this record and um they've been really supportive of my project and really supportive of uh of Pearls Project and really supportive of Witch and really supportive of all of the offshoots of everybody who's involved in Witch and uh, super cool. Yeah, they're
0: just great guys. And their magazine's red. Go check it out if you haven't. Sometimes nice your Magazine, a, or sometimes magazine. I have a
1: yeah. bunch of copies. I love them.
0: Yeah, I do too. Uh, I got. I just brought my boy, my boy Cameron. I just brought him a, a copy of the uh, the recent All Laws one. So definitely go go check them out and support them. I've Billy. seen some of
1: those. I haven't. I don't own that one, but I've seen some of the articles on it like special article on tim hill right and everything with the all yeah. Laws and everything.
0: yeah
1: who i was touring with with paint not too long ago really like that the guy man. love his music it seemed like it was a great issue
0: and go listen to uh the tim hill interview that i did with him maybe 2018 perhaps he's just when a cowboy
1: I... living out here on the range living Is he talking about cow- horses and shit
0: um no we weren't we weren't we didn't talk about that but he, he how long was... ago did you do the interview he was not doing what he's doing right now when we did it. it. Is, I mean, this is, is, is like yeah, 2018. So yeah, it's quite a, right. quite a quite a bit ago now, but it's, I mean it's still just super nice. Yeah. Good. Now good. he's
1: now he's just living with the horses and living like a cowboy life. He's like full out cowboy man.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, and he, he looks right at home doing it. Yeah, he does. He does. It, awesome. Yeah, go and go check like out his Marlboro, music.
1: Marlboro. He looks like a cross between the Marlboro man and on Helm, he kind of got that. He's got that that combination.
0: Yeah, and he he's slick with the drums, dude. I didn't I didn't know that he he's like so good at it. He, this I guess he's
1: played. He played in like hardcore bands as a drummer when he was a kid. Really, and then he came the back groove to the bro? drums for a- that Paint tour to bail Pedro out
0: because Pedro didn't have a band. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and go and go check out Paint, obviously. Yeah, Paint when, too. And Pedro, you-
1: shout out Pedro. He's the best. All those guys are the best.
0: Paint Forgetting two off, and Paint everybody two. Now. The the album Paint two and Paint two. Both both are great. Great, yes. Yeah, pre- Spiritual Vegas. Have you have you heard that album? It's pretty good. I I, I definitely recommend it, Michael.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I heard that album. <laughs> I've heard that album a lot. That's probably gonna. It's one of those albums that's probably gonna come out as like my top album of the year on Spotify because I had to learn all the material. I'm always sure. like, oh yeah, right. I Listened to that, you listened to this album 10,052 times or
0: whatever, and you're like, oh, Yeah, I did. It's true, it's not a bad one to be listened to that many times. No, it's great,
1: it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to learn, pleasure to play, pleasure to hang with those guys. Really good crew. Mm-hmm. She ran into them in Boise when I was on tour with Witch because they were also playing the Tree Fort Fest. And
0: dude, so many people were on that thing.
1: It was crazy. It a was a lot really of alumni was like walking too. with one group of friends, and then the paint van like pulled up and they all got out and we're like hey and I was like whoa and then I was like another group of people who were I think also uh they, like the Jared Matson crew who were opening or on that tour with us with paint were then also walked out of a door at the same time so like it was like and then there was like another person it was like people from all over the place were just like coming out of all these places on this corner and then I was like drunkenly like trying to like say hi to everyone at the same time but I'd also just gotten really drunk like unnecessarily drunk and was like just like kind of like unable to handle it but really excited to see everybody but uh all great people it's a great time and also tree for shout out tree for that was a great great festival
0: that a lot a lot of good people on there yeah that that's yeah that would have been a sight to see and in in, in idaho that's awesome
1: yeah it's fun so i've been there i've been there with my band once before for the festival and then i've been to boise a
0: bunch of times boise kind of boise is
1: usually pretty good boise i like boise
0: I like Idaho, I've been to Yellowstone once. That was it was cool. Yeah.
1: Our show with Paint on that Paint tour in Boise was not good. That was I I told and I told everyone that it was going to be great, and then it was and then it was not good. And I was like, Boise always is great, but they never played Tree Fort. I think the crucial thing is you got to play Tree Fort to then meet people and get to know Boise and get to know the good side of Boise. But uh, usually, Boise is great. Though.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Boise, Tree Fort, all of it. We're talking about every we are really talking about everybody now i mean we've got
1: everybody that i've interacted with in the last six months i think basically covered
0: oh, that's good yeah but that's only scratching the surface what about your mailman you know your mailman did you see him in there
1: i don't have a mailman i only get mail
0: yeah how, to yeah.
1: pearl's mom's house in la because and i think we probably could get mail here now but because of like the hangover from when this was a sketchy area everyone was like oh no you get your mail stolen in landers like for sure so i was like okay well we're not gonna get anything sent here so we have been kept to that so i really don't have a mailman i only have whatever mail men and ladies deliver in los angeles to pearl's mom's house who i don't interact with at all because i just pick up the packages when i'm in los angeles and bring them to here
0: seems like you don't choose to but that's i mean that's your right it's fine i mean you, you, you i've chosen
1: wanna, to to exclude a personal relationship with any mailman up yeah. until right now
0: it's kind of it's kind of rude it's kind of kind of rude yeah very rude um well, but going going back to what we were originally <laughs> talking about here which is which are we talking about again which which in the tour um, yes and you and, and you said that you had you had done a, a couple of show a tour or two with them before this tour or at least a tour and a couple of shows but how did that feel when you were first recruited in into that into that whole group there? Pretty
1: mind blowing, and especially because it was this is like a weird magic story. I don't really know how to like. I it sounds unbelievable, but it's one hundred percent true. Swear on you know whatever people swear on. I don't know, I can't think of anything good right now. Ford, but West. I like. I had, I was I just met Pearl. I was hanging out in Joshua Tree before we lived here. It was in Pioneer Town at. at the place that her family has here and we were there and we took some 2cb which is like a designer psychedelic drug um which i'd never done before or since and it is very like lucid but extremely hallucinogenic high and i had some in the midst of many conversations and many things while we're hanging out just the two of us at this house in the middle of the desert with like the stars out i was like it's just ties back into Nick. It was Nick who was the reason that I tied in with the band. And for some reason that night I was like, Nick, he used to play drums with Yaka Gardner. I need to talk to that guy for some reason. Like, I just like, that guy's just on my mind for some reason. I'm thinking about Nick. And then I like went on about it for long enough and explained all the people that like he had played with that she would know and stuff like for long enough that it made an impression on her even though she was probably sitting there being like, why are we talking about this? Let's move on to anything else. And uh, it's like, she did not know the guy. And I'm like going off about this guy that she's never met before. Um, and then in the morning I woke up and I rolled over and Pro was still asleep. And I like picked up my phone and I was like, Pearl, there's like, I remember I was talking about that guy, Nick. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, I have a text from him. I haven't talked to him in years. And I was like, but Nick just messaged me. And she was like, whoa, what does it say? And I was like, I don't even know. I have, uh, what? I don't know. And I checked and then I was like, <laughs> oh it says that he wants me to play in witch and we were both like whoa that's fucking crazy so that was like i was stoked it was really cool i had no idea what i was getting into it was a you know it's just like kind of like i am now gonna meet all like you know this very it's a ragtag crew it's a it's an odd group you know you're touring with people from a huge range of ages and a huge range of cultural background which is a very unusual group to all just pile into a touring band and go on tour together usually it's like five guys from the same neighborhood who know each other you know yeah but you you're like no nah, let's, let's get
0: let's get people from all different countries and and backgrounds and even musical backgrounds really as well yeah it's a, it's, it's a whole melting pot that's awesome man yeah that it's is, fun it's
1: fun so i mean really it started really with cool. that crazy magical coincidence or synchronicity or whatever it was and then it has carried on till uh until now and i'm i'm gonna go i'm actually not playing in their band with them because they're using the other two european guitar players on the next american tours but i'm going out opening for them for some of the dates on the west coast tour in june so it's still it's gonna be another chapter of the wild and wacky adventures of witch and michael
0: i'd watch that show <laughs> How different do you feel when you're on a, a, a long tour, such as like a month or or two, or a month and a half or two, whatever, you know, whatever the longest the longest run you've done rather than just doing it like a one or two night show, like every once in a while, you know, it's, I mean, like, is there a, a major difference? Do you feel like more detached from it when you're not on the road and just like playing a show like, Oh, Thursday night I'm at, pappy and Harriet's, or whatever as opposed to like no thursday i'm in boise friday we are playing
1: pappy and Harriet's with witch and Leclaire and me actually on that tour which is gonna be sick my first time
0: isn't that interesting that i just mentioned that just yeah yeah
1: that's gonna be awesome i mean that will be a local show for us but we will be on tour so it'll be passing through home
0: um it's 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 a home home court home court right there home field advantage Home, home, court, home
1: court can be nice. Um, I don't, I hate, I think one of my least favorite things is one-off shows. Um, one-off shows often are like really odd because you just don't get into the rhythm of being in a band and like thinking about stuff the bands think about all the time. Everyone's just living their own life and then they're all like, just kind of like okay and then I'll meet you at the venue at this time and then you kind of like have to like sort of like take a weird sidestep into band life and then try to play a show and like oftentimes it usually goes well and you know I think it can be an enjoyable experience for everybody involved but at the same time it never feels quite the same as touring and touring in itself I think a long tour is like the height of existence as a musician and the the lowest low, the depth of existence as a musician, like simultaneously, because I think you kind of simultaneously are worn down physically and exhausted and like maybe a little bit like more depressed than usual and like slightly like more just spent. You're just like, just everything you have is just constantly going into this, keeping this train rolling on the road. And it's like, (laughs) and all of this stuff, you know it just really wears on you but then on the other hand as a band and the performance and stuff just can grow and become so much more tight and oftentimes some of the most enjoyable experiences of like actually just playing music are you know three four weeks into a tour uh, i think those shows start to become a, both more tight and more loose in the best of ways you know each other well enough you know what can happen you've gone through a number of like of weird experiments or like maybe even made mistakes on previous nights early on in the tour that then you're like, that mistake was almost kind of cool. So then when somebody actually does the same thing again, you like all know it and then you start doing it. There's like enough like weird things like that that can happen that are like really spontaneous and cool because you're all just thinking about this set and like all the time and this material all the time. And there's also the tightness of just like you at a certain point, you know how the songs go. And unless you decide to go off on some weird uh, explorative jam thing you could just nail that set in your sleep so that's like that is like the best one of the best experiences as as a musician but definitely being on tour for an extended period as like an individual as a human is uh pretty hard on you in my experience in my opinion
0: so i mean it does take a a, a night or two or maybe even to up to a week or two of uh just kind of get finding the rhythm of being together and like just kind of hashing it out it's like all right like this is this should flow like this instead of how it was whatever two nights ago or whatever it may be
1: i think it improves i mean i guess there's like there's maybe something that i'm discounting as like a musician and as a band member that like maybe there's something that's magical in the very first night in because of the like spontaneous element of it and the fact that things were you know a little bit a little bit less guaranteed there's a little bit more of like a sense of like is this completely going to go off and like
0: uneven ground completely
1: completely fall apart and go off the rails and we're going to be totally like left up here just like standing around being like wow that obviously was a complete fuck up and everyone knows it It usually doesn't happen but you know there's the possibility of that that maybe provides some sort of excitement that maybe is lost later on but um i've in my opinion i think that after a little while on the road you know the band just can get really tight and the grooves like you kind of are feeling it like you kind of just know exactly where everything's going to be and it feels great and so that's a yeah that's a bonus of, of touring and of playing with good musicians
0: and is is the camaraderie between people in the tour like very crucial is that like a key component of like making it run well that everybody's kind of gelling i well yeah i think that
1: there's the potential for people who don't get along as individuals to be um very good have good chemistry musically even if they don't have good chemistry in other ways but I think that in terms of touring and having a good successful tour it's probably for the best if everyone gets along well I I personally would not enjoy being on a tour with a bunch of people who don't like each other you have to spend (laughs) so much time with each other I mean I think it's like, I think that my life is somewhat unique in the sense that like I'm thrown into groups like Witch and stuff where I do know them quite well but I also don't, I'm not like, I don't hang out with all of them as much as they probably all hang out with each other. So I get thrown into situations where I'm like the fresh, the sort of fresh member and then I just live in the same bedrooms and van and dressing rooms with those people for like three weeks which I think is like a very unique lifestyle that kind of like impossible for it not to change you it's like you join a different family that like is like you're like a seven person family who like lives in one house like you know it's like being in a large family with a small house for a short relatively short amount of time not like growing up with them for like 18 years or whatever but like you are going to be somewhat like affected and changed to some degree by being in such close uh quarters Quarters, with so many people with strong you know with strong personalities and and lots of interests and very developed in their craft and stuff like that and then their art so it's like um it's a really unique thing just to get thrown in with people like that
0: being the surrogate child to this family yeah
1: i mean it's been that way with paint and with uh and with witch and with um pearl a little bit at first although obviously me and pearl had our own like strong connection already but at the same time when i first started playing with her i was kind of like just get in the van with the band that I've rehearsed with a couple of times and now we're all just hanging out. And now that band is like family and they play with me and they play with Pearl. But like, you know, initially it was kind of similar where it was like, I don't know these guys that well. They all know Pearl and Pearl knows me. So let's all now just like live in a, live in a vehicle together.
0: Yeah. That's, it's interesting. How, how long were you guys dating before you started uh, touring with her?
1: Well, I guess touring we did the touring mostly after COVID. So I'd actually gotten to know everybody a lot better by that point in time. But the first time I played with her, the first couple of times I played with her was solo. So it was completely independent, like her duo, I mean, but it was completely independent of the, um, the rhythm section. And so they didn't really know me still. And then we did a couple, we must've done like a rehearsal or two when I got thrown into the group when they needed a guitar player for something. And then we, I think the first time was a show at the Ace Hotel in Palm Springs and we drove up there and it was, uh, it was a fun experience, but it was definitely like a bonding experience between me and the rhythm section that had, up until that point, probably didn't really know each other that well. And met a handful of times and said like, oh, hi, yeah, nice to meet you. You're Pearl's bass player. are like, "Yeah, hey, Pearl's boyfriend. Cool. <laughs> and then, then we started playing together. And we and now, at, the, from this, at this point in time, have a lot of experience hanging out and playing together. And we're all good friends.
0: And, and they, they help you play as well. on, on your, And they play on your in my tours.
1: band too. Yeah, they'll be on the Witch Tour backing me up and on the next round. All, all the shows, foreseeable shows right now, is going to be... Um, well, actually, the, so it's going to be... Pearl's going to be involved. She's going to be helping out. And then awesome. D- Dustin Buketz, her bass player, will be playing bass. Ryan Miller, her drummer, will be drumming. And then yeah. I've brought a new person into the fold who's going to start playing in Pearl's band and in my band. Uh, this guy, Jake Miles, who just moved from Austin, who... Uh, we got connected through friends and he's a great guitarist. And so he's going to be the additional guitarist and uh, who knows what else we'll get into. Maybe we'll both play some keys and stuff. I'm not sure, but we well, I'll, I'll see a, what happened
0: with Jake. He was like, man, I used to know Michael. He was dating this chick. He, he, he took, he took a little bit of mushroom. He's like, man, I got to hit him up. And then you, you hit him up. And then, they, and then he had your, that's how it happened. That's how it him. happened. I already know it, dude. I, I feel it. His dad
1: actually is a really cool musician and his dad showed him my music.
0: Was oh, that's actually awesome the connection
1: was wow and his dad used to play in the grateful Dead before john mayer joined which is crazy i didn't realize all this till much later but i was like wait a second so your dad played with the grateful dead for a long time and he was the guy who showed you my music and thought my music was cool and he was like yeah so his uh his he has a crazy musical history with his family and it makes sense because he's an extremely talented musician who has a lot of cool projects going on and stuff in his own right and uh I mean, him and Dustin and Ryan and Pearl, I'm very grateful and uh, lucky to be able to uh, rely on them to play with me uh, for all the times that I have and for all the times that I will. It's been, it's been a very cool thing to be able to have such talented musicians who have so many cool things going on for themselves.
0: Really cool. It's awesome, man. you you go back to awesome, dude. I, I I felt like I got it out of my system Awesome. an hour ago, but I didn't it's all good i'm digging it let's keep it coming going back to this new album though it's it's going to be it's going to be released on uh two different uh, it's uh uh what was it wick records and uh with the the new one the new record label as well the, uh, oh yeah majestic silk the canadian majestic label Silk, yeah yeah
1: used to be sleepless records now it's majestic silk but it's the same label as the last album for canada um uh, It's for many reasons. It's good to have a Canadian label for Canadian artists in in Canada, and they do a really great job. They're on a great label up there, and uh, and then of course, Wick Records, subsidiary of dapton Records, is going to be the uh, worldwide outside of Canada label, and uh, I'm very happy to be working with both of them again, even if one of them changed their name.
0: It's rad, yeah. New name, same people, great people behind that. That's 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 really cool, dude. Exactly. Do you still feel attached? to the music in Alberta, in Canada in general? Uh, or Edmonton, if you if need to get specific. Kind of not, but not because I don't,
1: I mean, kind well, yes and no. Because I, I do feel attachment to it because I, can't, I come from there and I have a lot of, um, still have some friends who are there, although a lot of my friends who play music moved. So a lot of my scene is, like, a lot of the people I grew up playing music with are not there anymore you know Mac has gone on to do what he's done Um, Home Shake like Peter Sagar has gone on to do what he's done and is living off in other parts of the world I'm off living in other parts of the world Sean Nicholas Savage is God knows where I think he's touring Europe right now but you know he's lived all over the place so he's like I go back there and I'm like back into the scene that I grew up with because that scene isn't really there anymore Um, although there are some people that I do know and you know and love and have connections to who are still working there um my dad still plays music and like and like plays stuff around there and stuff like that. So in that regard, I feel kind of connected to it too. Um and I feel like a like a solidarity and, and uh and a solidarity and uh camaraderie, I suppose, with it as a place. Cause I grew up there and I spent a lot of my life there. I still spent, you know, I've been living away for a long time, but I've still spent more than half of my life at in that city before I moved. Uh, So I spent more time there than anywhere else. And so I I think I can relate to people there and stuff, but at the same time I've spent less and less time there and and I'm not uh, like fully abreast of and knowledgeable about what's happening in the scene on a day-to-day basis and what's going on. So, you know, it's just kind of the funny thing you move from home and then you slowly it's like when you first move from home, I think you like, you feel more comfortable at home and you know more about what's happening at home than the new place you've moved. And then you keep, you know, and then at some point you start to get more comfortable in the new place. And for me, I've now moved to like subsequently a couple other places and now to a completely different country. And like, uh, and I have never gone back and lived in Edmonton since I was like 21 or something. So it's getting, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's a weird thing. I feel so close to it and know it so well, but also am so distant from it and really don't know what's going on there so um but you know i'm actually like i'm gonna be going back there to play a show that's not announced yet at some point in time so i won't say too much about it but you know that's promoted by a guy that i've known since uh like since i was very young living there and stuff so it's like there's still a lot of people that i know who are still working there and i still have tons of uh you know, affection towards them and tons of respect to them for like keeping the scene al- alive there and doing good work to like, um, to, you know, nurture the creative talent that comes out of Edmonton. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of feel, yeah, I, that's basically, basically how I feel about it. And then to a lesser degree, the same thing, I guess, towards Toronto and Montreal when I was living, like, I lived in those places for less time, and it was more recent. So the same thing, but slightly different with all of those places.
0: Sure. Yeah. That's that that is really cool. I mean and th- there's a lot of bands I mean just around that that area, I mean not not just Edmonton but just in Canada while you were there which is like I mean that, that's really really cool to have like a thriving scene and it when wherever you are. I mean that's that's yeah, really I cool mean, to be a part of that. Edmonton niche.
1: Edmonton and Montreal both had sort of massive Edmonton kind of via Montreal because it was like tops had people from Edmonton um Mac was from Edmonton. Home Shake is from Edmonton. Um, there might even be more that I'm thinking, like forgetting about right now, Sean Nicholas Savage. All of those bands kind of all blew up as Montreal bands, but it was surprising how many of them were from Edmonton. So that was a, a interesting era of Edmonton being, you know, finding success, Edmontonians finding success in Montreal and then finding uh, to various degrees, international success out of
0: Montreal kind of as a launch pad definite international success with everybody that you named yeah all those yeah. three people yeah very very successful which is that's just wild that you're you're a part of that like time in that and you know and of course like every every place has their like oh my gosh like such and such is from there and so is them and 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 all these other you know like all these different people are from the same place is very common to see but it's like once in a blue moon like it doesn't spark that that wide very often you know Yeah. I mean, I think that our
1: generation that grew up in Edmonton um, was a pretty special generation. It was kind of like, I remember thinking that they were all really good and all and being really inspired by the people that I was around at a certain point in my late teens, early twenties. And then um, they all just kind of proved me right by continuing to become more and more successful. Like I was like, I kind of feel like I like These guys like are these people's you know girls and guys songs better than I like most of the things I hear and then you know as it turns out it's like well yeah Matt Demarco's going to be one of the biggest names in indie music like yeah in the entire world and you're like well I guess it makes sense I always thought it was good (laughs) always thought he was better than most
0: people (laughs) you called it man yeah do you do you feel like you've gained success through your career in music me personally? You personally um
1: yeah i have
0: however however you define that however you look at that however whatever success I, is to you i've found you know i i haven't
1: succeeded as much as some people have but i haven't i mean in terms of like sheer metrics of sales and streams and and ticket sales and stuff like that but I also succeeded more than some people have. So, I mean, I'm grateful for the fact that some that, you know, I'm grateful for the fact that it's going as well as it is. Um, I, I I also feel like I, I've found a path in my life that's like enjoyable and meaningful to me. And I've, and I'm, and it's sort of like, it isn't a, uh, there's no like, ceiling to it there's no like glass ceiling or anything like that there's no sense of like i can't go any further i'm stuck and now i have to stop doing it there's always like a sense of potential for expansion both like artistically and to some degree financially although you know it's like i haven't like made any like the the amount of financial growth that i've made in my life isn't like going to be like making any impact with like forbes magazine or anything like that no actual business people are going to care at all about me and my growth in terms of my finances and my art and everything and also when i speak about finances i'm only talking about the ability to like afford to make the music that i want to make really is all like that i'm really like interested in more or less i mean maybe at some point that would be nice to make more but
0: um sure but that's not it, like that's immediately not the goal. on the horizon yeah. sorry yeah, yeah it's, it's not the goal right now but like it'd be nice of course it so would be nice to... yeah but yeah. i mean
1: obviously like if that was my main motivation i would have lived a very different life um it would <laughs> yeah. not have been based around being like, maybe someone will like this song. Maybe um, that's my big sure shot financial plan. Um, so ultimately, like, I think that it's been a success. You know, I'm lucky to have been raised by musicians who um, had the same sort of attitude about that. You know, that they didn't feel like their life was wasted just because they hadn't found international fame. Um, and so they you know just were happy to be able to like live their life and and live it sort of on their own terms and explore the things that they found interesting on a day-to-day basis like and uh and develop themselves in a way that they felt satisfied about so I feel the same way about that and I've also had some success in an actual like outward um worldly really easily quantifiable way and I'm grateful for that and I hope you know I'm grateful for the amount that I've been that I've had so far and uh, i i will continue to be grateful for any more as it comes and i'll you know deal with it you know one day at a time i guess
0: that's awesome man and um i i'm i'm seeing a lot of a lot more success in your future man with this new album and well, thank you i appreciate that michael's new self-titled album is out june 10th be a wick and uh uh majestic right majestic right record majestic stick right that's majestic silk and wick silk. yeah silk. But... i said stick but you get it silk. Yeah, yeah. majestic silk and wick records out june 10th that's uh, it's, it's gonna be great like, i i'm i'm calling that right now and um you could stream neither love nor money and at this time that this is out the maybe the second single will be out but we'll we'll, we'll see so Which, uh, yeah what, what wait when is this going to come out I believe the first week of May.
1: So it will most likely this song oh, exactly what I needed will be out, or like a right about to come out. So keep an eye out for that song too.
0: You know that's gonna be awesome. And then the third one you're just gonna have to wait for, but it's the third out. one is gonna come
1: out after this, and then the album will come out. So that's how it's yes. gonna work out.
0: June 10th though, and that's and that's gonna be awesome. That's that's this gonna be really really cool. But uh, in the meantime, neither love nor money. And that's um, all, on all platforms. It's everywhere. You can stream it. And there's a taste of a tasty little music video to go along with it as well. Really, that's really Ryan cool.
1: Baxley. Shout out Ryan Baxley. We haven't shouted him out yet. Great, great video director, great artist. And he did a great job on that video.
0: That whole the whole studio, the whole team that, he, that he's a part of as well is very, very cool.
1: The, his his uh, mind palace and everything. Yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. And his, his, uh, his wife, Alice Baxley, did some photo shoot for us. And she's great. And the whole group of people that are in the video are just a bunch of my friends from LA, too, who we are all, I was, you know, very happy and proud to be able to show them, put them on display in the, in the video. And it was, it was a really fun day.
0: It's very, it uh, looked a very fun thing. The film is super cool. So definitely check that out. That's on YouTube. Um, I'll, I'll link it on the, and you can just click the bio or whatever, the, the description thing, not the bio, but you knew, you knew, Michael. And, um, and be sure to check out all the previous releases on all streaming platforms and at Bandcamp. MichaelRault.bandcamp.com. And this thing's sliding, of course, right when I'm doing the promo. And um, the people who stay up to date with you, uh, Instagram is the best way. Yeah. Just,
1: yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I have a website that I haven't been updating for a long time, but I'll probably start updating it closer to the album release. All, all that stuff. Yeah. But mostly all the social media. We got all the social media and, we, and I put all, I put stuff up on it usually pretty, pretty, uh, pretty thoroughly.
0: Cool. Yeah and um that's at michael Rolt, michael underscore underscore Rolt on uh, instagram is it the same for twitter too
1: i think it might just be michael roll with no with no underscore on twitter which is <sighs> annoying but if you search michael roll on the internet you'll find all these things so yeah
0: you'll find it keep up to date michael you're the man dude um thanks man i, I really I'm appreciate at, it it's always a pleasure on. coming on have you on again and and then we're gonna build for those aliens and whatnot we got a lot of i'm excited
1: i wonder what will i mean i wonder what will be happening the next time i come on maybe another record uh it's a whole other universe that i can't haven't even imagined yet but we'll it'll be interesting to get to that place and do that
0: but you do know because you're an alien anyways all right michael i'm gonna <laughs> talk to you in a minute i appreciate you buddy thank you so much no, man. thanks man. for having me